What's Your Story? This is Success Stories with Kendra Hall, where inspirational people come to tell their story so that you can write your own. Here's Kendra. If you've had the sense of late that maybe life isn't exactly what you thought it was, maybe there are different rules to write or different things for you to pursue or different truths for you to live, this conversation is for you. I am so excited for you to hear it. Today's guest is Lindsay Teague Moreno, an author, podcast host, speaker, and self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur who has built multiple million-dollar producing businesses. Passionate about empowering fellow entrepreneurs, Lindsay has dedicated her life to teaching women how to build fulfilling lives and their own successful businesses. In Lindsay's upcoming third book, Wake Up, The Powerful Guide to Changing Your Mind About What It really means to live, she shares the techniques that helped her build a life that works for her instead of the other way around. Lindsay, welcome to Success. We are so excited to hear your stories. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> and you are coming to us from Montana right now, Live right? from Montana. Yeah, on family vacay. <laughs> See, that is a dedication to show up. And you're, you, I mean, we don't use the video for the podcast, but she looks beautiful. I should just you know, tell bro. you, she looks radiant. <laughs> you know what you look like? You look like you woke up and funny thing, that is what your book is all about. So, so Lindsay, I really want to get into this because I know, um, I mean, you and I go back, uh, we came together via social media and was it that just the most beautiful thing I know. And then we met in real life. It happened to be my birthday. Um, but I know that this book and I mean, beyond the book, this message is extremely important to you. It's a very vulnerable message to share. And yet the conviction that you have that this is this is what the world needs, or maybe not even the whole world, but there are people who need this message yeah. Yeah. Um, and your courage to share it. So, so maybe let's start there. Like how did... How did you come to this point right here <laughs> with this book coming out uh, on October 26th? I think that I got to this point because as I looked back over the last decade of my life, I realized I am literally not the same person that I was then. A lot has happened then, a lot of things that were forced upon me, a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that I took on for myself that changed me throughout this last decade. And I realized as I look back that there was a pattern to the way that I changed my life because I did it on purpose. Um, and the, the catalyst for this event was I'm, I'm 30 years old and I just had my third baby. My mom had just been out to see me have my third baby. And then she passes away of a massive heart attack at 53, totally unexpected. Like she, I thought she lived to hundred. I thought she'd never die. So did she, like we often talked about it. And, and so when I got the call that she was dead, it like, it rocked me. It rocked me a lot. Uh, yeah. I, I found myself, um, contemplating her life and the success of her life in the wake of her death. And what it really did was made me lay down in my grave for a little bit and kind of look up and say, okay, if this all is taken away from me right now, is my life going to end the way that my mom's life end, uh, which is, excuse me, my, the way that my mom, my mom's life ended. And that was, she died <clears throat> having moderate success, mm -hmm. uh, in debt, uh, having never realized her some days, right? Like we always, all of us say, someday we're going to go do this. I say this to my kids all the time. Someday when you guys are older, we're going to go, you know, rafting down the Grand Canyon. We're going to go down the Colorado River. Someday that's going to happen. And her some days just always seem to hang out there someday. And then she died having never actually made it to most of those places. And I said to myself, I don't want my kids to feel about my life the way that I feel about my mother's life, which mm. was that she never really got to live it. There has to be some way for us to live a really full life right now. And I am determined to find it. And so I systematically, I believe that there are six, I'll, I'll start over. There are six portions of your life. I call them the cornerstones of a good life. If you can really focus in on these six areas, I find that if you find success there, it's this whole life feeling of success. And they are business and work, your finances, your health, your personal desires, your personal life, your relationships and your spiritual connection to your creator. So these, in these six areas, I decided to unlearn everything that I had learned. Um, 
I basically burned the old house to the ground and just said, all right, I'm going to rebuild this based on what I know to be true rather than what was taught to me, rather than what's been conditioned into me. I'm going to say, I don't believe that anymore and re-explore and decide what it is that I actually do believe about my life. And what I did first was start by trying to find some financial success because money is the key to be able to unlock these other places for me. And I knew that. I also don't believe in balance. And so a lot of people will sell this idea of let's do it all and let's do it all at once. And it can feel like, you know, a butterfly (laughs) rising from the ashes with rainbows all over the place. Yeah. And truly, it felt more like I was burning down a house with everything that I loved in it, like everything that I held so dear and I was holding on so tightly. This is what makes me happy. I basically just let it all go and I burned it all down to the ground and it hurt and it felt chaotic and it felt scary but I feel so much more secure and more fulfilled in my life because I did it in this slow order and allowed everything else to be chaos. So first thing it was business and financial. I wanted to get a business under my, under my feet that could allow me to have a ridiculous amount of money to live this huge life. And as soon as I started laser focusing there, I was able to build fulfillment in those areas. But to be honest, I had left stuff like my, my relationships, my relationships, with my husband, my relationship with my kids kind of by the wayside for a couple of years. And I did that systematically on purpose. I set mm-hmm. those things down to the side where I was, I wasn't the main role in my parent, my, my parenting life. My, my husband took that role for a little bit for me so that I could work. And we did it with a time limit and we, we did it with a lot of boundaries, but once we were able to gain success there, we were able to kind of shift our focus over and say, okay, now we're going to concentrate on having really good relationships. We're going to concentrate on having, getting our health in check and getting our health in order. And we're going to do it one at a time rather than all in a row at the same time where we feel overwhelmed and we just give up and go eat our feelings in a, <laughs> in a bottle, yeah. bottle of ice cream, right? Uh, and so really this book is the process of figuring out here are the here are the areas in my life that I've been neglecting and here's how I can actually make change that lasts in these areas one at a time rather than all at once yeah there's so much okay so that was I'm like making <laughs> notes I don't want you to think I'm like checking my phone here so I'm, I'm like I'm making these notes okay so let's 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 go back to this idea of some days can we talk about mm-hmm. some days for a minute because I feel like we all have these some days and there are legitimate reasons for the some days, right? Because there's this, this, and this, or because maybe there something comes up or maybe you kind of change your mind or you get mm-hmm. on a different path. Um, but you were saying that. And I, I mean, I was getting emotional just thinking about it because I've had the same. And especially now within the, you know, the last 18 months that we've had, there's been some of these some days and, and things that are mm-hmm. yeah, like, it's all, it's been really messy. So yep. what were, if, as you look back, so if somebody is listening to this and they're like, all right, I, I get it. Like, what were some of your like, what were some of your some days that all of a sudden started coming up to you and you realized that, wait, I have to do this now? Yeah, yeah. So like, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be anything significant. Like I remember one time I, I actually created a someday totally accidentally. We were sitting in Arizona. My kids were really little. Uh, my twins, I have twins that are 12 now and I have a 10 year old. And my 12 year old twins were newborns. We were watching the Super Bowl. my husband and I, we just had no money. Like (laughs) we had nothing. I had just started a new job. We just, we were struggling in every way that you could struggle. We were struggling with newborn twins. It felt like we were just drowning (laughs) at all times. (laughs) And I remember we were watching the Super Bowl and I I looked over at Michael and because the Cardinals were playing, we're from Arizona. And I looked over at Michael and I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could go to the Super Bowl one day? Like that would be so cool. And he was like, yeah, that'd be like, you just have, you have to have so much money to do that. And I said, you know what, let's make a deal that the first million dollars that we make, we'll go to the Super Bowl together. Okay. Yeah. Great. Like we kind of laughed about it, but that day, both of us put that plan in Mm -hmm. action without even realizing without knowing it, without even like understanding really what we did, we had put a plan in action. And then it became this idea of 
when we actually got that first million, it was about seven years later, we got that first million. I actually tell the story in, in wake up. It's, it's a better story than the way I'm telling you right now, but <laughs> that's why uh, they got to get the we, book. They got to get the book. Seven years, seven years later, we walked through the gates of a Super Bowl that was be- being held in Arizona at the time. And we sat 50 yard line and watched the Super Bowl happen. And it was one of those moments in your life where you go, okay, what's next right now? What we've, we understand this feeling and now what and it has allowed us to dream in these really big ways where we're chasing feelings and experiences rather than things or things that we can buy. Now, things are really nice. I have a beautiful home that I love. My dream house, I called it my Barbie dream house, but things also change. We ended up selling that house this year Mm -hmm. because things change. You have to be able to be open handed with your dreams. And so, um, but just putting it out there um, actually will move you toward that. So one of our first some days was like, hey, let's go to the Super Bowl. And then it was, you know, let's take a summer and let's like make no plans and let's just randomly pick places that we want to go on a map. And we're doing that this summer, we're like right in the middle of it right now. And we're doing it even when things are shut down, even when things are strange outside the doors, we're doing it anyway, because it's been in our plan and it's working out for us. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the key is really not holding so tightly to the things that you want that you're not allowing them to kind of morph into something different. This trip isn't what I thought it was going to be. doesn't look exactly like I thought it was, but it's perfect the way that it is. Um, and so, you know, those are kind of some of the, and I have, I have a million more some days. Yeah, like I, yeah, I could dream yeah. for, I could dream for days. Um, but really the some days have to be connected emotionally to who you are and what you truly want, what's actually going to bring you fulfillment. And for me, it wasn't the game. It was the experience with Michael. It was the celebration of a really good and hard year of work. It was the celebration of sacrifice and sitting there in those seats felt so good because we were able to provide it for ourselves. Uh, and it wasn't provided for us. It was through really hard work. So those things actually matter, setting big goals that even if they sound frivolous, there are people to be like, oh, the, you know, the Super Bowl, why would you spend your money on that? I understand that. It was just for us. It wasn't yeah. for anyone else, right? <clears throat> well, and I, I think there's a couple really important things that I wanted to to draw out of that. Two things. Number one, and you said it could be anything. Like I remember one of my some days um, was I was, oh gosh, I can't even... I'm thinking to myself that I should edit this story, but I'm not going to. Uh, I was dating this guy and I... Uh, I remember it was the first time I'd like gone to his house. He invited me over. We were going to have dinner or something. And I opened the fridge and in the fridge was, and I was broke, in the fridge was lined up um, uh, bottles of OPI nail polish. (laughs) Now, I learned two things happened in that moment. Why does this guy have nail polish in his fridge? And it was because he had a living girlfriend who was traveling and that's why. So that's, but that's a story for another time. But the other thing that happened is I opened the fridge and I saw these bottles of nail polish and they were $7 and 50 cents each. I remember specifically, I knew exactly how much that fancy because I was only like a Sally Hansen and scraping it off the sides of the jar, right? (laughs) I knew that that, and I saw those lined up in the fridge. And my first thought was, this guy's a jerk. And my second thought was, wow, his living girlfriend must be really successful that she can have like four bottles of this stuff at $7 and 50 cents a bottle. And I'm like, someday I am going to have OPI nail polish in my fridge. And that that day came. And so it can be like those. And it was <laughs> so such small, a, yes. it can be so small. But the other thing, number two, that I think is really important is maybe we do have these some days and, 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 and living this life and not having it. And I loved the relationship that you shared that perspective of thinking about how your children will look at you and your life mm-hmm. in comparison to how you looked at your mother's life at the, at the end of it. And, and what a beautiful, what a beautiful uh, perspective that is. But when that day comes, you had a million dollar year. I think about some of the some days that I've had where I've set some of those like someday, someday, and then Mm -hmm. the someday comes and Mm -hmm. I'm like, but maybe I shouldn't do that. And it isn't because the thing has changed. It's because suddenly I, I get unsure, like, I feel like maybe I shouldn't, or maybe I, I should do something more responsible or I should. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's how mm-hmm. we end up with this long list of Sundays, some days that are never 
fulfilled because even when we achieve it, we don't go there. We don't say yes to it. We don't participate. Right. So that courage that you have, and it sounds like you've made it a discipline of, of seeing it as a someday and making it happen today. Yep. Um, and yep. I love that. Now, something else you mentioned, um, a couple of things. I mean, this is, we're like, we're already <laughs> running out of time and there's so much to talk about, but is that you don't believe in balance. And, and I know in there you talk about, in the book, you talk about, um, and you, I, I guess the phrase that came to me was intentional neglect. Yeah. So like you, and that seems so counterintuitive, (laughs) right? Like I am going to intentionally neglect my husband and children, which it sounds extreme, but that is what you, so can you, how on Mm. earth did you do without feeling like you were doing everything wrong? Yeah. I mean, okay. You, 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 I did, I did feel like I was doing everything wrong. Okay. That makes me feel better. Okay. I I feel better. (laughs) When I zoom in, when I am zoomed in on the every day, I did feel like I was doing something wrong. When I was able to pull out and see this from a further up, like a bird's eye view and see, okay, I'm working like this now for them, for us, for me to be able to display to them what I want them to know about their life, which is whatever they want, whenever they want it, they can have it right now. I don't care if they have kids, husband, other things going on, whatever it is that your heart is telling you that you want, it's there for a purpose. You are Mm. here for a purpose. It is up to you to go get it. It's your responsibility to use your life wisely. And I want them to see me do that by example. And so really what I, what I did was I, I asked my husband, I just sat him down and said, I need this. I cannot be a stay at home mom anymore. I love my kids. I know this is what the deal that we made, the deal we made was I'm going to stay home and he's going to work and this is how it's going to go. And we moved for his job all over the place, but I am unhappy and I am unfulfilled doing this. I love my children. I don't want someone else to raise them, but I think I can do both. I think I can build a business and stay home with the girls at the same time. If you will give me two years to try, if on this two year anniversary, we'll write it down in a calendar, I will quit and I will walk away and I will never talk about it again with you. But if you will give me two years of grace, if you will come home and not say anything about what the house looks like, Mm, if you will come home and realize I've been throwing goldfish crackers down the hall (laughs) so that they'll run and get them so that I can write another email, I will make enough money for us to live for the rest of our lives. And I was determined to do it. I knew that I could do it. And I did. And, And he did. And so he was really like, of course, like I was afraid to ask him at first. Um, of what he would say, because this is not the deal we made, but he loves me. Of course, he said, yes, of course, he said, of course I will. Right. He walked in and he said, if you will commit to Saturday morning breakfast, which again, I talk about this and wake up, but if you will commit to Saturday morning breakfast with us, that that is a non-negotiable, we will never have something that comes in between that. I will pick up the slack. And he was working full time at a corporate job. He was a college president at the time in Seattle and he would come home and he would do everything for the girls, for me to really put my head down. And eventually within, gosh, within eight months of that, he quit his job and started working for me. So we, we, we made it work together, but it it started with me just being really honest. Hey, this is what I need as a human being to feel fulfilled in my life. And the first step has got to be, we have to get our finances under control because if we don't, then I'll never be able to open myself to getting to my health, to be able to get into my spiritual life to be able to get into my relationship with you. Like, I just, I can't do that if we're constantly worried about money. And we Mm -hmm. were at the time. And so money and and having a business that fulfilled me was my first like venture out into this like kind of wild world. And I said, I will, we will come back together, but for two years, just give me two. And, and of course he said, yes. And before that we were, we were already doing a new thing and it's been amazing you've said it now a couple of times about um, money being that first priority. Like, hey, we've got to get our money. Like, that's the first thing we focused on. Uh, And I feel like there aren't a lot of people that say that, that Mm -hmm. are like, right, that that seems like you shouldn't be thinking about money, right? Right. So, so I want to bring, because even you said it, I'm like, oh, gosh, she's saying you got to get out there and like make money because, money will fund your dreams money will fund your dreams (laughs) and and i think that there is so what you said right there is if yeah if you're constantly 
worried about, which is the primary thing that people, that's the first thing we worry about money and then health, but the, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's, um, so even that right there seems a little, uh, listen, don't talk about money enough. We are not used to talking about money. I am willing to disrupt that game all day. I think that not talking about money is total BS. Like I think that us hiding money ideas and, and what we do with our money is complete bull crap. I think we're so concerned with what other people will think and other people will have opinions on how we spend our money, which is again, totally bull crap. I don't need any opinions from anybody about how I use my money, right? Good money in the hands of good people can do good things. It's up to me to do that. And if mm-hmm. I don't, that's my lesson to learn, right? We're so busy taking lessons away from other people because we think we know better. And it's, and it's not the way that we actually learn. And we all know it, but we do it anyway, right? We parent each other. Like we have any idea what's going on in someone else's life, but we don't. Uh, we don't know what that person's called to, and maybe it's going to take millions of dollars to do their thing. And maybe it's going to take 500,000. I don't know. Everybody's, everybody's different. Everybody has something that's inside of them that's saying, come and get me. I'm here for you. Come and get me. And we're so afraid that, that we might make some money doing that thing that's in our heart that we avoid it altogether. And I am here to tell you that being rich is awesome. (laughs) Not having to worry about where, who's going to pay my bills and, and having a safety net feels so good. I cannot explain to you the amount of relief I feel not having to worry every single month when I open up my bank account, what will be there. Um, Mm -hmm. I already know what will be there. It will be bigger than I think it will be every time I open that bank account because I'm a magnet for money because I've decided that money is important and it can do really amazing things rather than saying, oh, it's the root of all evil. I've changed my mindset on that. You've changed your story on what money is. Ah, there you um, so so this is so I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the um the naysayers and I'm, I'm because I know as you know, we actually have similar stories in mm-hmm. that way. I was home with the kids. I said to my husband, I'm like, listen, we had this money saved for something, and I'm like, can we use it for a babysitter so that four hours a week, I can go to a coffee shop and write something like yes. I just right. So we had a very similar. So my question to you is, and, and maybe, maybe this isn't a question you can answer, mm-hmm. but w- what about the person listening who doesn't have a partner or what about the person mm-hmm. listening who doesn't have a supportive partner who will say, mm-hmm. yes, I'll give you two years or mm-hmm. yes, I'll be the one that, the school calls when the kids are sick, you know, like what, what about the person listening to that right now? Any, any yeah. ideas, thoughts on that? Yeah. I would say that your, your road is harder, harder than mine. Your road is harder than mine. But again, that is on purpose. Whatever challenge it is that you are coming up against is for you on purpose. So whatever is laying in your path, that is the obstacle, which we're going to talk, we talk through in in, in mm-hmm. very much detail in the book, we talk about the whoop experience. And part of that is figuring out what obstacles in front of you. And if the obstacle is there, it's there on purpose for a reason. You are meant to level up your game. You can do this. It will be more difficult for you not having a partner than those that do. Right. And, and you are better for it. If you become successful to the level that you want, having overcome all the obstacles that you have in your way, and I don't have those, I don't have the experience that you have, right? Our, our experience is different. You have leveled up in a different way that I have not yet been able to experience because I have not had that issue, right? Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. problem is still for you. And if you accept it as for you, okay, I'm still going to be the one that has to go pick them up. I'm still going to be the one. You can still do that and be successful at the same time because your success is up in your mind. It's not in what you do every single day. It's not in, oh, well, my day got my day got derailed because I had to go get my sick kid from school. Well, your day got derailed. You had to take your, sick home, your kid sick home from school. So maybe you have to wake up earlier or maybe you have to stay up later. That's just the fact of the matter. Stuff still has to get done. And so if you really want something, if you're really going to be fulfilled by what this thing brings you, then nothing will stop you. Nothing. No mm-hmm. sick kid, no unsupportive partner. I would have found a way to find business success, whether Michael was on board or not. Mm-hmm. I would have. I love him. I wanted him to do it with me. I wanted for us to get through this thing together, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my purpose in life because he wants to not be the one that gets called. I'm sorry, but that's not a partnership. 
right? Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. that's having a hierarchy where you're not an equal member of the family anymore. But I'm here to tell you that you can do both and. You can yeah. find a way and you will find a way if you're determined not to quit. If you are determined to find a way, you will. Yep. Yep. And and that is that that fire. And it's so funny that is this concept, it comes up like that you burned down the house that you loved, that fire that's in you. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. But maybe now is a good, I definitely want to ask you about purpose. Um because that's something that that I get asked a lot about. I know that people listening to this podcast, achievers, people trying to figure out what their what their purpose is, because mm-hmm. it's such a big, intimidating, but really important thing. And then also, mm-hmm. you mentioned right there the uh, the whoop um, the whoop experience. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 So I'm going to let you decide <laughs> which one t- okay. of those two things to attack first. Okay. So actually, I'll do both. So I think that when it comes to purpose, uh, I realize I get the question a lot too. Hey, how do you know? Like, how do you know? And and the truth is, like, I don't I don't necessarily that you know that you ever know. I think it evolves all the time. As I learn more, I become different. I want different things, but it's still down this same path of for some reason I've been put on this earth to talk to people about about like fulfillment about being fulfilled. And it used to be just business. That's where I kind of where I started was business. I became successful in business. And so that's what I taught because that's what I knew. And I knew I could, I could help people and actually watch them change their life in the process, which is what I want. I get the payoff of actually getting to see it. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. when your kid does something good, you feel all that pride. And I feel that same way with when people like have, have taken some advice or done something different in their life or taken the chance to do, to, to create a business. And then, and then I get to see them have the, you know, the reward for that. And that feels really good. But I would say that in order to find that purpose, first, you have to know yourself a little bit. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what it is that you value. So inside wake up, there's a values exercise where you actually go through, there are really only 10 core values. There are things like, you know, benevolence, achievement, hedonism where you love, you know, like you love the experience of life and how it feels, uh, universalism where you want everybody to come together as one. And we need all these different values in order to make the earth turn, right? They Mm -hmm. balance each other in its really cool way. Um, and so once you know yourself and you kind of know what you value, the things that are actually going to fulfill you are going to be within those core values, right? So if you're somebody who, um, you know, values benevolence, let's say, you know, these would be like your Enneagram twos, the people that are your bleeding hearts, they just love to give to people. And often they give to them, give to other people at the expense of themselves, right? Uh, then it would be really weird for you to create um, your success or the idea of your fulfillment being in, um, something that's super personal or something that is all about you or all about having, having a ton of fun or a very, what would someone would call self-centered, uh, mm-hmm. goal. Uh, you need to work with other people. You love to give to other people. Therefore your goal will have other people involved, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. figuring out what it is that you actually value and then making sure that anything that you're moving towards or pushing for, uh, because you have to make your goals happen. You have to actually move toward yourself, toward them, rather than they're not going to show up at your door and be right. like, hey, yeah. hey, hey. Uh, I heard you were wanting some money. Did you want a million dollars? It's not going to happen. You have happen. to actually go and get it, but you have to get it in a way that is actually true to what you do value. So I would say the first thing you do is figure out exactly what it is that you value. And from there, I think you start asking yourself questions, which is another thing we ask that we walk through in the whoop experience. So the whoop experience is four steps. It's what you wish for, what your outcome will be when you get that thing that you wish for, uh, what obstacle may be in your way from getting it. And then the plan that you have set in place to actually go and get that thing. And Mm -hmm. so we actually walk through the whoop in all six areas. Uh, we talk a little bit about it before. Here's what it looked like in my life so that you can see, here's a couple stories from other people of what this has looked like. Now let's put this into practice. Let's actually break down what you wish for. You know, are you going to content? I need you to contemplate your death. You know, if you die having not gotten this thing under control, how is that going to feel? What are other people going to think? What are the people that you love going to see when you're in your grave? (laughs) I need you to look up from there and decide, okay, is this going to be worth it? Is this something that's actually going to bring you fulfillment? And I think just asking yourself these really tough questions is going to reveal to you, okay, yeah, that feels right or no, it doesn't. And if it doesn't feel right, you cannot follow it. You can't follow it for someone else. You can't follow it for what other people think you should have. You can't follow it for what you've been conditioned to follow. Those things will not bring you happiness. 
And I think the problem is, is we get so confused and concerned about, I should have all of this figured out by now. I'm 40 years old or I'm X years old. I should have all of this figured out. I needed this much in the bank and I don't have that. I don't have this. I don't have that. So I'll just numb myself behind whatever I think is going to bring me happiness right now. And we do that at the expense of what we want long-term. And so that's never going to get easier. <laughs> it's yeah. never going to get easier. It's going to get harder and harder because there are thousands of minutes of Netflix waiting for you. There are thousands of minutes of Disney Plus or thousands of minutes of video games that can be played that feel really good right now, but happiness is not behind them. That's a thrill. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. mistake thrills for happiness every single day into our grave <laughs> until we look back mm -hmm. and go, well, I really regret doing that. I wish I had spent a little more time doing this. Uh, and now my life's over. I'm unhealthy. I never got the things that I was supposed to be done. What I was supposed to do here done. I was never, I never found my purpose. I never fulfilled that. I never got that fulfilling feeling that I'm searching for and we're searching it for it behind the wrong thing. It's, mm. it's not behind the thrill. It's mm -hmm. through the obstacle. It's through what feels the opposite of the thrill. Right. Um, it's through the obstacle. So for that single mom, it's through that door of, I have to still be the one to be here for my kids. Let's talk about those, uh, <clears throat> the obstacles and, and what are, what are some of the obstacles that you faced and, and that you've seen other people face down? I love this. You know, some, you can hear the same thing, but there's something about the way that you're saying this right now, the obstacle. So when you see it, it's like, oh, this is where this yeah. is, this is where it can take me. So, so yep. what do some of those obstacles look like? So I think for me, my biggest obstacle is me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think, think you're alone. I don't think you're alone in that. I think my mindset is my biggest obstacle. The things that I've been taught, I'm, I tend to be a really black and white person. I make decisions really quick. Um, I don't like to mull over a lot of things. I, I like to like just whatever feels right in my gut. That's what I like to do. And I think that my biggest obstacle has been people pleasing, uh, making decisions or changing my mind about things based on what's going to make other people comfortable because uh, my success and my life and money and the things that I feel about my, the, the reasons I've been created are not comfortable. And it feels like as, as a person, I, I'm not super excited to go out here and just like, Hey, let me bear my heart and soul to you and tell you all the things that, that are yeah. really tender. Let me expose to you the tender parts of my heart, um, and be really vulnerable here. That feels, um, it feels wrong. It feels like I should guide, I should guard that. I should keep that hidden. Um, and you have to make, I had to make the conscious choice not to. And so the biggest obstacle I have to forward movement is what other people are going to think and, mm. uh, how they're going to react and what they're going to say about me. And, uh, in truth, those people don't know me most <laughs> like, unless yeah. you have my phone number and you're going to call me up and you're going to give me a really hard truth. Uh, out of love because you want me to be better. Those opinions don't matter at all. They are meant to be there for us as a trigger, right? It's a trigger to the next level if you allow it to be, if you allow it to be. And so walking through that door, despite what other people think, and then dealing with the the backlash. We talked talked a little bit about this before when we were we know, talked before like, we started. Gonna, we talked a little bit. She gonna go? Is she gonna go there? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So like, for example, I do talk about my spiritual faith and I grew up in a super Christian conservative household and I see my spirituality as something so different now than it was in the beginning. It's so much bigger. Um, I, I believe about God. The one thing that we know about God is that we don't know God at all. And, and I talk about that and, and those things are triggering to a lot of people that are super religious or find themselves connected to, um, you know, a, a religious outlook or mindset. This is what we believe in. This is what it is. And, and there's no room for more here, but I just, I just don't believe that about God. I believe God wants us to wrestle with him and, and try on a lot of different things. Does this feel right? Does this feel right? Does this feel right to find him? And it's scary to write about religion because we all believe so strongly in what it is that we believe. Same thing with politics. It would be the same. I'm not know, talking about like, politics here, but this, it's the same, it's the same concept. So things same you're idea. not supposed to talk about at dinner or on a <laughs> right. first date Money or something. There's a reason. Exactly. 
And we got them both and right here, folks. We'll see. So, we'll we'll see how long people listen. We'll just watch him drop off at money, and right. then now, yeah. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it is scary. It's scary to do that, but when I'm I'm willing to walk through the scary in order to recognize the triggers, because the only way for me to get through that is to have it come right up in my face. And so when somebody says something really nasty, because they will, that happens when you write a book. Some people are going to love it, and some people are going to hate it. You know, ten people, ten percent going to love it, ten percent going to hate it, eighty percent in between, they don't really care. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's really just taking the ten percent that don't love it and saying thank you, I love you, thank you for holding up a mirror to me because it's really just a projection of my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. So thank you for holding up the mirror, I love you, I'm going to work on that kind of thing. Um, but this is still what I believe. It's still the truth for me. And I, I still have a duty to write this content. I still have a duty to talk about money, even though it's it's uncomfortable. I still have a duty to talk about spirituality, even though it can be uncomfortable. Um, and And so I will continue to do that because I'm not going to allow my triggers to keep me small in order for me to find that level, to find that purpose, to do the thing I'm supposed to do here, I must walk through the, the triggers. I must welcome them with an open hand. More. Give me more. I, I think it's it's interesting here as you're saying, you know, talking about the whoop experience and I'm realizing that we are witnessing it firsthand. <laughs> like this book is your obstacle. Is. And and that is and you had said like you've you a hundred different times, right? Tried to I tried to get out of it a lot of times. I did. <laughs> I contemplated even up into uh, May pulling it and just being like, I'm out. I'll give you back my advance. I don't I don't want to write this book. I'm so scared. I'm so terrified of this book because it was just, it was really hard to write. It came in a really hard time, but it, at times it felt like it was writing itself. And that's, that's how I know it's supposed to be out there. And this is, yeah, exactly. That's how, well, and this is something that I think is really important about you as a person, as an author, as a voice, like you are, uh, you are a product of your own message here like this is something like you you are willingly putting it out there sharing it as someone who has gone through it like this isn't yet do as I say not as I do right yeah yeah I'm 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 not some some super unicorn I'm not I'm not what you I would wasn't a cool kid in school I like I struggle so hard with my weight and my health I struggle uh in, in public speaking. I don't love it. I find myself doing public speaking and I'm not, I'm not necessarily skilled at it. Um, but it's the, it's the road that I find myself on and every obstacle I'm willing to walk through the door. And yes, this book is absolutely a roadmap for what I discovered over the last 10 years. And there's a lot of research involved and a lot of like science that I didn't come up with that I found, I sought out and I found, and I'm, I'm going to convey to you. So not all of it is new original stuff. Like when we talk about the, um, the plan section, we talk about this fortune 500 exercise. Well, that, that wasn't mine. I saw that Kerwin Ray came up with that. I'm just willing to say, all right, well, look, here is a way to Mm -hmm. switch your mindset, right? 500 reasons is this will be good for you. And then I dare you not to show up at the gym tomorrow, right? Right. If you sat and wrote 500 reasons, it was going to be good for all the parts of your life saying no to the thing, you know, you need to do becomes harder and harder because you've got enough leverage to get yourself up off the couch and into the gym. Uh, And so it's got a lot of stuff that's not mine, stuff that I've learned along the way, but I do lay it all out in a way that, that I think can help you very quickly hone in on, all right, this is the part of my life that's on fire. I absolutely have to take care of this right now. All Mm -hmm. right, here's how we do that. We make room and here's we make a plan. We walk through the whoop experience with it. And then you set that plan in motion every single day, little by little, you chip at it until it's here. And then you've leveled up your life. And the great thing about it is balance comes through one at a time, going through it and systematically making yourself better habits, more healthy habits, things that actually support your highest self rather than whatever's on fire right here. Oh, I got to fix this right now. And I'm constantly under stress and nothing ever really big gets done. You have to actually put a plan in motion to make yourself fulfilled in all parts of your life. It's not going to come to your door for you. And at this, I mean, I I think about, I mean, my day today, I was just like, and it happens on a, on a daily basis. It can happen throughout a week. I mean, I know I'm not the only person who in particular right now, I feel like right now 
is this time where there, you know, like the, the clay is soft, like it's a, yes. for everybody. And it's like an opportunity to, to reshape and what a great, uh, tool guide, uh, additional voice in you are to be able to help us seize this really, I mean, yes. like once in a lifetime, right I know, okay. I know. I love it. And we're like feeling that and you, you, you find like glimpses of it uh, in very different places. But I do think this is something I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of our conversation where you said that you, it felt like you were burning down a house that you loved. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I, I almost wonder like, how do you even know a, that you need to wake up, right? Um, and then B, like, what did that, like, this, you know, you you lose your mom. What? How long did it, like, what did those, that awkward time feel mm-hmm. like when you, because mm-hmm. I, I would imagine there are people listening right now who are like, okay, yes, yes, I'm getting, like, but they don't, they need some sort of, yeah. what did that awkward time look like from, whoa, this is, this event happened, this thing happened, and it doesn't have to be a huge, it could be listening to this podcast and you're like, I, today's the day, but there's this awkward time before. So what did that, what did Mm -hmm. that look like for you? Do you remember some of those early days of burning your house down? I do. And it it feels, and it looks like people going, are are you okay? Are you okay? (laughs) I mean, I'm just checking in on you. Um, It, it feels like, here, here's how to know if, if you need to wake up. Uh, if you were to die today, I want you to put yourself into your grave. I want you to look up. I want you to see the people that are standing around. You're not, no longer here, but you get to see what happens after you die. What are people saying? What are your kids saying? What's your spouse saying about you? Were there some days left on the table? Was there purpose there that you know you had the ability to do something, but you didn't ever get to accomplish it? Are there things that you regret? Do you wish you had spent time 10 years ago doing something that now you think it's too late to do? And if you answer yes to any of those questions or you sit there and you're looking at these people and you realize there's more out there for you, you can actually do more. We are as a collective leveling up as a human species. I believe we are leveling up. That's why I believe we are soft like clay. Mm -hmm. I believe we as a species have been opened up to this, this idea that maybe some of the stuff that we believe to be true isn't necessarily as true anymore. Mm -hmm. Perhaps some of the things that we built this life around are not real. (laughs) And perhaps we should reevaluate what it is that we actually, we actually value in this life. What is actually important to us? Um, Is it spending time with your kids and you find yourself a workaholic? Maybe that's the problem. Uh, that was the problem for me. I had to go get a counselor two years in when I said I would quit on that two year anniversary rather mm. than Michael saying, yeah, I need you to quit. He said, I need you to go get a counselor because you are a complete workaholic. And oh. he was right. It's true. Uh, and, and it really is helping. It will help you identify the places in your life where you know you need change in order to reach that fulfillment level. And when you do, here's why we want to, when you do find that fulfillment, it radiates out of you. It comes out of your eyeballs, out of your hair. It comes out of your pores. Everyone around you will be better when they see you find fulfillment. They cannot help it. It is, it will pass through me and into others. And which is why I decided to write it because I know that we can light up communities through fulfillment. If we find women that are fulfilled every single day, with their life, whether they're a stay-at-home mom or whether they're not, but if they love it and they take pride in what they do, their kids will feel that, right? Their spouse will feel that when they come home. Their friends will feel that and they cannot help but take that and realize, okay, there's another level here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I leveled up my, my marriage with my husband a couple years ago, we decided to work really hard at marriage and find this really amazing relationship. And when I did that, I got so many messages from, from people saying stuff like, I didn't realize that there was that that could even happen. But now you've shown me that, hey, this relationship that I'm in, it's not, it's not making the mark of what I know it can be, mm-hmm. or it doesn't have the potential that I know it can be. I'm going to get out of it kind of thing. Uh, and I'm not here to like break up marriages, but I am here to say, hey, we having a partner is an amazing thing. Relationships are an amazing thing. And this is what it can look like. It can feel like this. And 
and when you do that, again, it radiates into your community and other people around you level up. We become more aware and awakened as a species when we actually find our purpose and what it is that's going to light our life on fire. Um, but it does feel awkward going back to that next part of that question was, how does it feel and how do you get through that? It does feel really weird. It does come with people asking you, are you crazy? It comes with people talking about you because bold action creates discomfort in others. And we are so allergic as a society to discomfort. We mm -hmm. seek it everywhere, comfort everywhere. We're like little beacons ser searching for comfort all the time. And discomfort is where the magic happens. I am here to make you uncomfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a mirror in your face saying, oh, well, if you have a problem talking about money, perhaps there's something you should explore there. It's my job to make people uncomfortable. Um, and so the more uncomfortable you feel, the more you know you're actually changing. But you also know that what, what you did before is no longer serving your highest good. You know there's a level out here you can reach. And until you decide to step through that discomfort, you're never going to find it. And that will not radiate into the people that, that you know. Um, and I want a community that is on fire for their life. I want to go and hang around people that can't wait to wake up in the morning. And in order to do that, I have to become that person. And you have to, and then you, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot. I actually asked, I think I said to my husband, I was like, how did people get messages out before Instagram? Like what I love that you're saying right here is it really is from the inside out to you and then to your immediate circle yes. and then to your like like secondary I, I, mm -hmm. I've been I've been thinking about this more and more because we get you know we think about Instagram and we think about TikTok and how you can and all this it, the idea of of influence but it like that's none of it's it's you it's your it's your family it's your immediate yep. community <clears throat> it's the and yep. and how 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 figuring this out just for yourself and then for the other people that you come in contact with, like what a world changing thing that is. You don't have yep. to be a famous movie star or, right. you know, have a million followers. You can just right. do it with your people. That's um, right. One of the things that you've said throughout this conversation, and I think <clears throat> is so important and almost uh, left out in a lot of discussion these days is permission to change and and to be who you are right now and believe the things that you believe right now and mm -hmm. as you with your commitment to growth to continue to to allow change in perspective and beliefs and understanding and growth to be an okay thing that also feels almost uncomfortable in a way oh, it's so uncomfortable <laughs> it's yeah. uncomfortable and people will say things to you right to your face right like that aunt at the family dinners is going to say oh are you still doing that or yeah um oh i don't know what you know you're into this and i you know i don't i'm not into that kind of thing <clears throat> they'll constantly bring it up to you because here's the thing we are pack animals <laughs> we are pack animals that's how we are bred and when someone in your pack decides to leave the pack to go out and explore something else, suddenly we have this feeling of, oh, we're not as safe. We need to bring that person back to the fold. And often we do that through families with shame, right? With guilt, with uh, little snide comments here and there. And we worry so much about what other people think that we're willing to come back to this little pack. Okay, I'll just be this way with my family, right? And we start to live this like, double life where we pretend we're, we're this way outside, but then with our family, we come back and we're, we're what we used to be. And I think, I think really what, and I talk about this and wake up, it, it's going to need to have some really tough conversations where you say, Hey, listen, when you, when you, I feel because right, here's the, here's the when you, I feel when you say these things about me in front of the family, I feel rejected because I love you guys. I want the experience to be with you guys, but I also want the ability to change my life if I feel like that's what's supposed to happen. Can you come together with me and, and let's like put this behind us because what you're, what you're doing is actually hurting me. And if that can't happen, perhaps it's time to decrease the amount of time we're spending with those people that are constantly holding us back. Even if it's your family, that's okay. I talk about in this book about how I don't, I, I've forgiven my father. I love him. I will always have love for him, but I don't have a relationship with him right now because it's not safe for me to do that. It's not safe for my kids for me to do that. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. I am willing to say, 
that this is good enough for me. This is what I can give. And it's an obstacle. Perhaps it'll change down the road. I'm not sure. I don't know. I could never predict the future. But right now, what I know is that my life is is more fulfilled with the relationships that I choose to have in them, the ones that help me and push me to be that higher level and higher version of myself that they see in me um, and not who my old family tells me that I am or under the control of what, you know, my, my parent thinks I should be doing. Um, and, and to be honest, I probably wouldn't be doing this if my mom was here. There's a big part of me that probably would be very scared to step out like this if I knew that my mom would read my words. Uh, and her death has been a gift to me in many ways and uh, been a, um, a challenge and something grief has been really difficult, but, um, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. And when you can look back and say that the hardest day of your life was the best thing that ever happened to you, um, in some way, there's some, there's some magic there. There's mm-hmm. some magic there. Cause it doesn't, um, it doesn't pull me down to this, like, sad, this happened to me victim place. It pushes me to this. I can change this now and not make that my story place. Mm. Um, and that's, that's all a mindset switch, which we talk about and wake up. Ugh, I just, I mean, we, and we have talked, we need to get, we need to get together again I know, I know. soon. Open it's been, New York, open. I know, I know it's been, oh, it's been a, it's been a mm. while. Um, but so Lindsay, okay. The, well, first, before we go into how we, no, I'm going to ask you how we can find you first. Where, so the book comes out, this is airing in September. So the book is still on its way, but but you've got some cool things. Where can we find you? Where can we, can we get in on all the good stuff? So I usually hang out on Instagram. It's probably the best best place to find me. Instagram at Lindsay Teague, uh, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-T-E-A-G-U-E. Um, and then there's a website, wakeupbooks.com. Um, and you can actually pre-order the book there and then you can get some pre-order freebies there, which are pretty cool. We had a, um, really cool artist create the art for the book. So you can get a downloadable art. You can get the first third of the book to read before it comes out. Um, and you can get a hundred day challenge checklist because I'm going to challenge you guys to pick something from one of the six cornerstones and then work on it every single day for a hundred days doing that created an unbelievable pattern habit for me. Um, and it's allowed me to keep these, these habits as I continue to push forward in other parts of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. it has maybe been the one activity that I've found that works every time, no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) So even if you fail, it's working for you. So, um, you can find out about the hundred day challenge there, download a hundred day checklist and then, um, create your challenge and get, get started, get moving. I love that because yeah, you can't, you can't change everything if you have to keep going back and re-changing, like you need to change something and have it be changed Yes, so you can layer in the next thing that you want to change. All right, Lindsay, last question. What does success mean to you? Uh, I think success is personal power. If you have the personal power to change whatever is in front of you, to decide you have the personal power to do in any part of your life, you have found success, personal power, success. If you, if you know, no matter what is thrown at me, I'm going to be okay. That's success in your life. Um, Mm. I can't, I have the ability and personal power to pursue what's for me and to say no to what's not, regardless of what other people say to me, that's success. Wow. I love I love that. And now that you say it, I am not surprised. What a beautiful, <laughs> what a beautiful definition. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for this Thanks, time. Girl. We are, we are going to be cheering for you and, and I can't wait to see what comes next with your story. I can't either. Thanks. This has been Success Stories with Kendra Hall. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop us a review and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.